flame we're all about, St. Catherine of Siena, and uh, becoming who God made us to be, right? Because if we become who God made us to be, we will set the world on fire. And so uh, I've known Jeff and Stephanie for, um, Ever? I don't know, maybe a long time. Ever. I don't know, a long time, a long time. <laughs> and uh, probably since I got to Rapid, roughly, mm -hmm. which is um, a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I've heard them tell this story before, so I specifically asked them to come here and tell this particular story about their movement in their relationship with God that, were, that really did, I think, help them to become who God made them to be. So I won't waste any more of your time. Please welcome Jeff and Stephanie Hurd. Um, <clears throat> thank you. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, so we'll do the best we can. Um, Stephanie and I got married in 1989, and we were not um, really devout people. Um, fairly worldly, kind of a la carte Catholics. Uh, we were contracepting. Can you say that with kids in there? Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. We mostly went to Sunday Mass, but, um, you know, it didn't work out. We sort of didn't make it. And I think we viewed Holy Days of Obligation as sort of... Um, a suggested thing to do, <laughs> so we mostly didn't do those either. Holy days of suggestion. <laughs> um, we, we really, um, rather than kind of focus on developing and growing in a relationship with God, I think it was safe to say that we were looking to live the way we wanted to live and just hoped to Get avoid hell. Yeah. Get in <laughs> under the wire in order to avoid damnation was kind of the the goal. Um, it was and, minimal. It's a low bar. Right. So um, the, the thrust of our story is going to be about confession. I'll give you that kind of a foreshadowing. And everybody knows that, you know, the grace that comes from the sacraments. Um, but f you also have to respect the sacraments and use them well. I was a, I'm a convert. I converted as a sophomore in college. And I never did click that much with the sacrament of confession. Um, I would I, I probably go once every five years, and that had two great benefits. Number one is um, not only do you not have to be very specific about your sins, you really can't be. Um, so rather than face the shame and embarrassment of actually confessing my sins, I would just generally say that I was a um, lusty glutton sloth. Um, <laughs> And, and then move on. But the other benefit to going about once every five years is when I would go in and say, um, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been five years since my last confession. I usually got like a sigh from the other side of the confessional and a statement of how happy God was that I was there. Thanks be to God that you have come. God is so pleased in your presence here. I was essentially celebrated for having not been there <laughs> for five years, and I got a feel of what it would have been like to be the prodigal son. The kid who kind of felt like I'm just the kid, if you go away for a long time and come back, they will kill the fatted cat. <laughs> and that, that's kind of the sense yeah. that I, I And got. then like Jeff, I was actually, I was a cradle Catholic, but I was, I think what Father Tim would call um, a submarine Catholic. We sort of came up at Christmas and Easter, and that was it, and I, um, Honestly, I don't know that I'd gone to confession since my first confession. <laughs> if I had, I, I couldn't remember how to do it. I mean, we just were not plugged in at all to our, our faith. I mean, we were bare minimum. Yeah. Um, well, so uh, then... Well, um, 
Father Hoy was um, ordained at the cathedral, and then he became an associate at the cathedral for the next two or three years. He was there for a little while anyway. Um, and he gave an amazing homily, great homily about confession. Um, lined up like five or six candles in front of the the um, the sanctuary, the, that area right in front of the communion rail. It was kind of dark. It was kind of dark. Candles. And so he lights these candles and he starts talking about how our life kind of runs in stages and sometimes gets away from us. And he would blow out the first candle. And he would talk about how as we grow away from God through our sinfulness, we'll, um, we'll try to look at ways maybe we can get back, but something then gets in the way. We'll so do it later. We'll do it later and the blow out the next candle. And he goes through until he blows out the last candle, and we just never got around to it. Um, and he said, the problem is, none of us know which candle we're on. And it just- It's kind of dark. Oh my heavens. So it was, <laughs> it just stopped us cold. And there was a guy, I used to love to watch, it, it's weird, I, it, like, like Stephanie said, we, we weren't um, very devout. But we still considered ourselves Catholic, and we still were proud of being Catholic. And I can remember even we were watching, uh, I would watch EWTN when I would get on the treadmill. And there was a great old Irish priest who um, would do these speeches from like a beach in Hawaii or Florida. It was funny. He was in a brown habit and spoke with an Irish accent, and there were palm trees and breaking <laughs> waves behind him as he spoke. Um, but he made the comment one time, too. He said that um, the devil doesn't get us by convincing us that there is no heaven or that there is no hell. He gets us by convincing us that there is no hurry. And that was kind of the Father Tim's right. homily was so we get out. to confession because there, is, there a is a hurry. Because you don't know. So we walked out and we decided, you know, we should go to confession on Saturday. So we did, we planned it, put it on our calendar, and walked in. And apparently everybody was <laughs> completely <laughs> blown away by Father Tim's because the lines were forever long. We're like, oh my gosh. So we get in line, and we didn't, we didn't know the priest we were going to get. I mean, we sort of blindly got in line, and I, we must have had a little aid or looked something up, so we knew we, what to do. And um, we get the Latin Mass priest. Right, the priest from ICC, which I thought, at first I thought, this is awesome because he won't know us. <laughs> we don't go there, so there's no risk that he'll recognize our voices or anything. So I thought this was really good. And so I got into the confessional. I told him, you know, it's been four or five years since my last confession. And I paused a little bit waiting for the praise and silence. <laughs> and so I went on with my confession. And then I stopped. And he, and I can still remember this. He said, I hope you didn't come here hoping that I would pass benediction over this mess you call your life. Whoa. <laughs> that was my thought. <laughs> and, I mean, my first thought, well, I, unfortunately, I mean, to my shame, my first thought was, well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's what they've done in the past. You're supposed to tell me how happy you am I'm here. And, um, but, you know, he really, um, he started talking to me about where I was in my life and, and whether I was really here with the right frame of mind. And then I started to get worried. I don't think he's going to give me absolution. You know, I mean, he's telling me about the way I've, you know, I trounce in here. 
after being away for five years without so much as a buy-year leave. And um, I, I kind of went uh, stunned. I barely yeah. remember. I, yeah. I, he did give me absolution. I got the sense that it was kind of like, this time? You know, th I, this time <laughs> I will. Um, but you need to get right. And my penance was a rosary a day for 30 straight days. Right. Right. And I don't know if I went before you or after you, but um, I got a similar tongue lashing. And I didn't get that penance, though. I don't know what I got, but you I would remember, remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> I would have remembered that. So we leave. And honestly, we got in the car, and we didn't even talk. We drove all the way home. We didn't really talk. And we got home, and, and we never even talked about it for, like, couple hours and I think finally we we're in the kitchen and one of us just said um, so how'd your confession go <laughs> and I think you said wow and kind of told me the tongue lashing you got and I told him the tongue lashing I got and and we were kind we were angry honestly we were kind of hurt and angry and stunned and I had to kind of work through that I mean we, we talked a lot about if it was anybody else they would just leave you know, we were just like it, it was we were in shock. But then I think because we're two firstborns and respond well to <laughs> reprimand by parents, I, I, we kind of worked through it and said, you know, we kind of deserve that. And yeah. that was fair and that was right and that's what we need. And I mean, it kind of took us a whole evening to kind of work through the fact that, okay, you're right. We, well, did it, we haven't been doing it right. And I was struck. I didn't, I didn't know the passage at the time. It's Joshua 24, 15. But I can remember being struck when I, when I finally kind of caught my breath. Um, I, the words came to mind, if it displeases you to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And I thought that's really what this priest was saying to us. Look, you're in or you're out. Decide. And decide now. Um, what, what was it? Um, C.S. Lewis once said that um, if Christianity is true, it is infinitely important. If it is false, it's not important at all. The one thing it can never be is moderately important. And for us, our faith had been moderately important. Right. And, um, and that was really the turning point for us. I mean, I, I can tell you since then we never have missed a Sunday Mass. We always go to holidays of obligation. We quit contracepting that night. Well, not that <laughs> night. I mean, we did, after, from that point forward, we did not. Um, not from that ass. point. Meaning, anyway. anyway. That was not in the script. That was not in the script. The, um, but it really did. Really. It, it made we, all the difference in the world to how we um, viewed our faith. Viewed our faith, and I don't remember. This is probably what ninety six, ninety seven. I don't remember when Father Hoig um, was here as an associate. Um, but it was the wake up call we needed to decide. You know, today is the day, and I didn't. If you only go to confession once every five years, you have no real sense as to what your penance is like. Um, but two, th well, a, a variety of things came out of that. Number one is um, it forced me for the first time in my life to actually set aside 20 to 25 minutes for prayer every day. Because I didn't. I would pray when it seemed like it was something to pray about. I would pray um, 
when I was very happy, when I was very sad, when I was frightened, when I needed something. But it otherwise was not um, a routine. Being required to say a rosary a day for 30 straight days was the first time in my life I'd actually <laughs> built into a routine. And it's, it's a routine I've kept to this day because it didn't take me but a week to figure out if I don't do it first thing in the morning, the day will get away from me. And so I started praying first thing in the morning and have just never stopped since then. Uh, the other thing that it, it really did in, in terms of realization is to the, really the grace he gave me that I didn't realize. The, um, the next confession we went to, it must have been in, we must have gone to this confession just before Lent or just before mm -hmm. Advent, something like that. Because I remember the next one was a communal um, penance service. And I went to confession, and um, I had missed a day of my 30 days. So one of the things I had to confess was that I had a, this penance. I had to do a rosary a day for 30 days, and I had missed a day. And I can remember the priest saying, who did you murder? <laughs> um, so I knew that this had been stiff, um, which I really didn't before, only having done it a handful of times. Um, but it was a great grace. And I think that's the one thing that we took from it. It's what a, is a life-changing thing for our family. What, ori sure. what originally hurt was well, a great what we needed. Yeah. yeah. So that's our story. That's our story. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jeff and Stephanie. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming to The Flame. Um, and uh, we hope to do this again in May. <laughs> so uh, come, we're moving back to the first Thursday. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a month, right? Right here. Thank you.